Morning. <laughs> nice to have your company. It's Friday morning. Christo's back with you uh, next week. It is next week, isn't he? I know he's got something else coming up very shortly. He's always popping around uh, the entire world. So I was going through the uh, the paper yesterday, and, and I was looking through through the Metro. And uh, I like to have a quick look through the Metro, because it had all sorts of stories. Uh, some of them are very old. In fact, for really ancient stories, look no further than uh, Nellie Sean's column, The Green Room, which is so out of date. I mean, it could have been written in the last century. He talks here um, about uh, Anne Robinson, whose upset co-workers have nicknamed her Rugrats. I mean, that is, like, ancient. Uh, but, but the oldest story that he ran yesterday was, he says, bravo to Amy Winehouse's dad, Mitch, who's been persuaded to sing at a special concert at the Royal Albert Hall with Matt Goss, no less. How old is that? Two weeks old, that story. Two weeks old. And poor old Neil Sean has only just got round to it now. Must be desperately difficult for him trying to fill this uh, this column with four little items that are so out of date. It's unbelievable. You don't need to persuade Mitch Winehouse to sing at the Royal Albert Hall. He'd have, he'd have turned up anyway. Unfortunately, of course, it's, it's trying to sell tickets. For Matt Goss's show, it doesn't make any difference whether it's Mitch Winehouse or the Chipmunk singing or Sooty and Sweep, which I was watching this morning, which I quite like, actually. Sort of kind of gives you a, a smile on your face first thing in the morning. And there's not many things in the newspapers that do put a smile on your face. But Sweep singing Ness and Dorma, or I just call to say I love you, kind of does it for me. It's a nice thing. Anyway, we've made it to Friday, so that's good news, isn't it? I bet you're all feeling a lot better about life, thinking, thank goodness we've made it to Friday. Thank goodness that we've made it through the week, and thank goodness that we appear to have some good weather. And I was thinking last year, when the snow came down, I couldn't remember, I was saying to my driver, when do you think the snow came down? And he thought it was February. I said, no, it definitely was Christmas, because I've got a picture of Paul Cooper's shop uh, with all their Christmas trees outside, absolutely covered in snow. I think it came down one afternoon, and it bucketed down. I think it was the year before that it came down in the early hours of the morning. Last year, we were waiting, if you remember. They were going, February, oh, we're going to get some more snow, blah, blah. And then we waited and, wait, and nothing happened. And we all sat here staring out the window, waiting for the first flakes of snow. And then all of a sudden, middle of the afternoon, it dropped a tonne of the stuff down. Absolutely a tonne of the stuff, which I thought was very interesting. And, uh, and I take pictures of it. Rubbish for driving. Absolute rubbish for people on the roads and, and lorries and, and stuff like that. But, uh, but very pretty if you're just sitting there staring out the window, which I'm, I'm prone to doing here. Because if you look outside, you get the best indication of what the weather is like in London, which is good. And apparently the weather forecast isn't really wrong. It's too short. That's what they're saying, because we actually whiz through the weather forecast. I just go, well, today the, uh, the forecast is going to be this, 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 and this. I can tell you actually now, because it was issued at, uh, at 0400, and I can tell you that the, uh, that the weather for today, mist or fog patches in rural areas, quickly clearing to leave a fine and dry day with a good deal of sunshine, warm by this afternoon. Do you know what the high is today? 26 degrees. 26 degrees, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, bad news for the uh, pollen forecasters, the people who are watching it. It's high today. Currently, it's 13 degrees. Tonight, fine and dry uh, for this evening and overnight. Mostly clear skies, a few mispatches to form in rural parts. Tomorrow, fine and dry, bright or sunny spells. Cloud increasing, bringing the risk of thundery showers. It's not good, is it? Feeling very warm, the high of 27 degrees. So there you go. Uh, and John, John tells me it was the 19th of December that the snow came down, the 19th of December. So, weather forecast too short. You know, perhaps I should really go into uh, the highs and lows and talking about the cloud cover and this and everything else. Because if, if you just... <clears throat> because I would say to somebody, we used to get people writing in ages... Well, one person. 
probably not the same person all the time, saying, um, would you mind giving us a detailed weather forecast as you are employed to do? I thought, no, if you want a detailed weather forecast, you go and you phone up the Met office and get them to talk to you for hours down the phone. If you're that blooming boring, you need a bit of help in your life anyway. And, uh, and they said, I need to know what the weather's going to be like. So I used to say, well, it's Britain. It's going to be sunny spells with a few showers clouding over later. And, and that kind of covered it, you know, possibly with some fog and possibly, what else could we have, thunder? And, and it, because normally in one day you're going to get everything, aren't you? There'll be a clap of thunder, there'll be some rain coming down, then it'll be sunny again. Or failing that, I said, why don't, you, why don't you sort of wake up and look out the window? That'll tell you what the weather is. You know, buy a small umbrella, pop it in your pocket. You know, don't be a big girl's blouse all your life, walk outside. If it rains, you've got a little umbrella with you. More on the travellers. And they've done a, a map in the paper today. They've done a... Uh, an aerial photograph of the site as it is and then the illegal bit at the back where they've crammed on tonnes and tonnes of caravans. All illegal. And whether they like it or not, they're going. Okay, Makes no difference to anybody else in the country. I'm just telling you, they will go. What's happened now is you've got a lot of foreign anarchists who've turned up. You know, as we, as we prefer to call them in the business, people who don't actually do anything. They just kind of latch on to a cause and they, they drift around here and they're all a bit inarticulate. And they just generally don't. They just stick their nose into somebody else's business. And uh, so they're looking after the camp, in inverted commas, while all the travellers go off and carry on doing what they do. Whatever they do. And so the, uh, the anarchists are guarding the camp because it's, look, we're guarding the camp. And now they're saying that they might use children as human shields. So? It's all right. Children are much easier to remove than adults. You just lift them up, drop them in the wagon. Pick them up, drop them in the wagon. It's, you know, depends how old they are. It's as good as that. But if you look at the front bit of the site, it's OK. It's all nicely laid out. It's the back bit that looks like the tip from hell. And they've crammed everything on. And that's the illegal bit. They shouldn't be there. They're on Greenbelt land. They're not supposed to be there. If you and I did it, as we said yesterday, please to be round straight away. It's taken them ten years for this one. I don't know why they're, uh, why they're hanging around so long. Uh, Christo told you that amazing news that uh, since 1997 there are homes where nobody has worked. Nobody's worked entirely in the fact there's a woman here. Her name's Melanie Nicholas. She's a blob. I think it's easier to call her a blob because that's what she is. And she's got five children. And, uh, sorry, six children, five with one man, so that's good, isn't it? I mean, that's fairly novel in this day and age. And she's got a five-bedroom house in Rill, in North Wales. Neither she nor the bloke who got her pregnant every time have ever worked at all. Their income is £700 a week, which includes a disability allowance for Miss Nicholas's heart condition, a mobility payment, income support, child benefit and council tax benefit. Apparently the heart condition... Uh, means that she can't do manual. It's just a really poor blob, honestly. Luckily, she can still stuff her face with all the bad food under the sun, so that's okay. That's okay. She can't do office work because of health problems like dust. Because that's all. I mean, that is really like dust. It it is a bit like a Vicky Pollard sketch, isn't it? I can't do that because dust. Okay, <laughs> and it's a bit like that. There's no... Well, she doesn't... I don't know if she has dust at home or not. I mean, quite, as I say, she's a fat blob who's a bloody blight on this country. And the reason that Mr Ballinger can't work, the major reason is that he can't read or write. So, that's it. Better get yourself educated, pal, hadn't you? Do everybody a favour. These people, what do Do you know, I just take benefits away. I'm sorry, I'd have to be a bit harsh about this and go, listen, what do you mean you've never worked? Don't be silly, there's something you can do. Go sweep a road. You don't need to read or write to sweep a road. You know, be a dustman. You know, you could earn some good money. You could do something. Oh, you're right. It's a dust in here or something. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, God, there's dust on the top of the... Co- look at this. Oh, dear, I'm going to have to go home. Filthy. Filthy, this place. Sorry, <coughs> Brought me asthma on and everything. I'll have to get an inhaler out. Can't work because of dust in an office. 
Mind you, to be honest with you, Mrs. Ballinger, I don't think the office would want you, love. You're far too much a waste of space. You see them standing in shops, don't you, you know, looking at their fingernails, staring into the distance. You know, for the people for whom there is no hope. I don't know what we're supposed to do. We were talking on the programme yesterday about this 11-year-old boy who the judge said should be locked up. And we said, that's not going to solve the problem. Why would you lock an 11-year-old up? You know, he comes from one of those inner-city sink estates in Romford, I think, or something like that. His father's a career criminal, and his mum's buggered off with somebody else. So wh- wh- where does he go? He doesn't stand a chance, does he? He looks up to his father because he hasn't got anybody else, and the father's just a... Just another waste of space, I'm afraid. It's a shame you can't tell these people face-to-face, and then... I, sh- I do. I, well, I do tell them face-to-face. I shout at the television for the Jeremy Kyle show. You look at these people, and then they go, do you want a lie, a lie detector? To- Did you see them yesterday? Yesterday? Oh, it was unbelievable. They brought on, first time I've ever seen it, a Muslim couple. Young guy called Abdul and his fiancé gir- girlfriend. He accused her of going on the internet and cheating with other men. Because it's always the same scenario. Have you, So she's sitting there, veiled up, and he says, I think that you... Because he spoke like that. I think you cheated. So they go through this. Why do you think that? Because she's on the internet, because she does this and that. So they bring out the lie detector results. And he said, right, you think that she cheated? So we asked her, did you have... And they go into quite graphic detail of either you snogged somebody or you went further. And uh, no, she didn't. He said, there you go, surprise, surprise. She was telling the truth. And then they asked Abdul, have you cheated on her during the relationship? It turned out he'd slept with loads of people. Typical, typical bit of scum. And he sat there grinning over his fat, ugly face. And you felt like, I mean, she should have got up, punched him in the mouth and gone, your history, mate. Your history. I hope she dumped him afterwards, because that's what I want to see. You're out. Get out, you stupid bit of filth. And he sat there with a big... Yeah, so I cheated. Why? Because, you know, because I kissed this girl, and then, you know, she come on to me. You think, you stupid man. He just made himself look so stupid. My favourite word at the moment. Anyway, uh, more stupid people in the paper a little bit uh, later on. Uh, oh, I'll tell you what I've got for you today. I'd forgotten to mention it earlier on. If you're sitting in a traffic jam, and according to Christo, there are a few traffic jams around this morning... Uh, We've got a Steve Allen How Low special for today. It finishes at 7am. So that's quite good news. I like the idea when we have a How Low. Normally we do them on the Sunday, and occasionally we get them on the Friday. I keep saying to them, I'd love an iPad 2 to give away on, on a Friday. Lo and behold, my prayers were answered. We have today an Apple iPad 2. I don't need to tell you about it, apart from the fact that it's Apple, uh, it's thin, it's got a 9.7-inch high-resolution screen. It is fantastic. It is wonderful. It's very quick internet. Colour, brilliant screen, pin sharp. You want it. And you'll get it, because Friday morning traditionally is, is a good day for doing these. You'll get it for pennies. Two cameras, incidentally, as well, so you can talk to somebody whilst you're at home. You can see them and they can see you. I always think it's great for sort of nude conversations. You know, you just... You, you, you kind of pretend that you've got no clothes on it, sitting on the settee in your pants or something, and then somebody FaceTimes you, you go, oh, hi, and they go, ah! And it's when you hear this sort of... The, the machine being dropped to the other end, you realise that they, they can see everything. <laughs> so, details of how you get your hand on it, or hands up, my Apple iPad 2, will be coming up very, very shortly, because quick time check, it's 5.15. These are the headlines. Colonel Gaddafi says he's ready for a long war and has told his supporters to engulf Libya in flames. It comes as the Prime Minister promises to keep up airstrikes and kill Gaddafi as court. Trains are getting back to normal in and out of Victoria after thousands of people were disrupted last night. A man's been detained under the Mental Health Act after going under a train and then refusing to come out. 
And one of the biggest jackpots in Euro Millions history is up for grabs later. Winning the estimated £100 million could make you richer than the Osbournes and on a par with David Bowie. Let's have a check on the road, shall we? For this morning, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, all. Weekends on LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. This is LBC 97.3. It is Steve Allen's early breakfast, and it is 19 minutes past five. It is Friday. We are in September, and nearly Christmas. Nearly Christmas. We read the blog yesterday. We're getting there slowly but surely. Every morning, I've got a snow globe, and every morning I push the snow globe. I'm having a shave in front of the television. I do like Countryfile. There's something about Countryfile. I think, could I live in the country? I think, if we had smelly vision... You know, like sort of television, you can get all sorts of things and they can do it at the cinema. Um, You know, would you want to go into the country? And the answer is no, you wouldn't because it smells. But I love the idea that you you can watch this sort of sheep farming going on. They've got this bloke doing it at the moment. And I can't remember, but I think he has a farm. He's he's a a gingerhead guy. And he's really pleasant. He's actually really, there's something nice about him. Because he just seems, he doesn't seem like an affected presenter. At the moment, He's whereas Matt who was on Blue Peter, who was quite good on Country File, on the one show is rubbish. He's terrible. I mean, just he just doesn't seem to have any sense. There's something about with his mouth. Doesn't kind of, it's a bit like Ortis. It's not kind of working in the same way that you would want it to. Anyway, just going back briefly. I'm so sorry. I moved away from my Apple iPad 2. Do-do-do-do. Have to do your own sound effects here. We're economising at the moment. We couldn't bring the orchestra in. Uh, so it's got the two cameras so you can talk naked, face-to-face with a friend. And you don't... There's no... Oh, did you see it yesterday? Oh. Um, it's hilarious, isn't it, really? It's got these, these two cameras. You can talk with a friend. It doesn't matter how old you are. I don't care if you're nine or 90. You'll be able to pick this up really quickly, really quickly. You can take a photo. If you can push a button, you can operate this thing. So it doesn't matter how old you are. And just think how clever you'll be. Even if, you know, you've moved into the technologic technological age. Thank you. So the person with the lowest unique bid will win. So you get your hands on it. The lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The hammer comes down at 7am this morning. So you've got to be quick. To play this one, you text LBC, then your bid in pence, and send it to treble 821. So, for example, if you want to bid 21 pence, it's LBC 21, and you send that to treble 821 in a text. If you think it's going to go for 52 pence, then it's LBC 52, and then send that to treble 821. Two one. This competition will finish at 7am this morning. Got to be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. It's a nice one to have. Really is. Uh, other stories of the papers. Do you remember that, that couple who phoned 999 and said they were going to leap to their deaths uh, out of a tower block? And so they did. And it's revealed today... Uh, that they were lovers. It turns out he had a couple of other lovers as well. Now, whether or not that prompted their suicide bid... Anyway, she phones her mum and says that she's going to commit suicide. Terribly tragic, this, in this day and age. You know, people have, you know, people do things, and you think afterwards, my God, you really must have been disturbed that you had nobody who could sit down with you. However, you know, if you're in that kind of situation, I don't know, because you can't talk to them now, he then gets to the uh, the block of flats... She's, she's dropped out of the window already, and he goes, well, if she's going, I'm going. So he goes out the window as well. So two young lives, but it does turn out that he had been uh, having relations with a couple of other women as well. Now, whether or not she knew about that, we'll never know, and that's what's so sad about it. 
that, you know, you, you think you can... That's why, you know, you, you see the Jeremy Kyle show, or as I prefer to call it, Chav Television, because it really is the lowlifes of this country. It really is. People must sit there in disbelief, looking at these toothless old bags on there with tattoos all up round their arm, you know, tattoos all over their faces, and they're talking about who got them pregnant. You know, to be honest with you, grateful, I would have thought, for most of them. I and mean, they really are some dreadful people. Anyway, so here they were, trapped in this sort of love triangle. And uh, she obviously couldn't cope with it. And then he, he yelled, if she's gone, I'm going to. So he drops out the window. Terrible, really, isn't it? Absolute terrible. Um, also, you heard Christo mentioning this. I'm not sure if I have a problem with it. I couldn't quite decide. There's a four-year-old girl in the paper today who gets spray tans from her mother, who's a beautician. Now, I have to be honest, I'm with Crystal on this one. This mum runs two beauty salons. I think she needs to look at herself in the mirror. I mean, there's something about people... I thought people who ran beauty salons were supposed to be glamorous because they've got it all there, not this one. So she spray tans her four-year-old daughter, married Jules Willis, uh, revealed she's let daughter Tate, and also six-year-old son Chase have fake tans. I mean, the, the, the son, I think, is, is 14. She's got two salons, and she lets the children have various treatments. Uh, Tate likes a fake tan to be like her older sister, Darcy, who has her nails done at the age of 10. And Zach has collagen treatments to clear up spots. Collagen? Is that injected collagen? At 14? Or is it, or is it just a face? That, good God. And then you've got a little, um, a little girl here. You know that we, we hate with a passion, because it's paedophilia of the worst possible kind. The little beauty pageants in America, where they dress little girls up in little outfits. There's a little girl here, she's got fake boobs. Her mum has strapped fake boobs onto her to make her look like Dolly Parton. No, 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 not implants, they're just fake boobs that they attach to her. And then she goes out and this little... This is, this is the worst disgusting kind of parenting that you've ever seen. I mean, it, it, it's just too revolting for words. There's something about the sexualization of children that we find abhorrent in this country. Why they let it go on in America, I've got no idea. They do have these little beauty pageants here, and it's generally pervy parents who are dressing their... You don't dress little girls up like this and have their eyebrows done and their hair ble... You don't do that. You don't do it. It's like the barmies who colour their dogs. Remember that stupid woman who's got... She's got a beauty parlour for dogs, and this, she sprays them different colours, but not just black or grey or white. Blue, pink, green. It's animal cruelty. She said the dogs love it. I mean, it's a stupid. And exactly the same, I suppose. I mean, many of you thinking about this so-called beautician who spray tans a four-year-old. She says it boosts her confidence. She's four, you stupid woman. She's four years old. You don't boost the confidence of a four-year-old. You, you do proper parenting. Perhaps it's a bit of fun. I don't know. Perhaps it's a bit of fun. It's not normal, is it, really? really isn't. Not normal. Um, why did I save that story? There's, you know, sometimes you whiz through the papers first thing in the morning, and I, I sort of look at a story, and I think, why have I kept that? Why have I kept that story? I might have kept this one here um, because uh, distraught Jesse Wallace. And for God's sake, could you get over yourself, Jesse? All right, so you've dumped him. Now shut up. Nobody cares. It's between you and him. Just stay out the papers, you and your dreary fiancé. Because now she's demanded answers from her love rat fiancé, asking, is there anything else I should know? Why don't you just walk away from it, love? Be a big person. Walk away from it. Don't bore the pants off the whole country. OK? Nobody's interested. Nobody really gives a forex whether whether he's cheated or has it. It's your business. You insist on sharing your boring life, you know, with people in the newspapers, and you, you just can't believe it. There's a vicar here... His, his name is Kim Go. 
Uh, born in Singapore. Oh, he now lives on Merseyside, and he used to be a triad gang leader. It's exciting, isn't it? Of course, once people discover God, that exonerates everything, which is good. And uh, that bloke can't be a dustman, Steve, because his wife is allergic to dust, says Chris. I know, have you heard that? I can't work. Why? Because, uh, because there might be dust in the office. Well, they must have dust at home, dear. Do you go around with a mask on? And the hubby can't work, I'm afraid, um, uh, because he can't read or write. Well, give him a job sweeping. Must better do something. We should take these people off benefits. If he can push a broom, he can do something. There you go. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Here's thug Joey Barton in the paper. Uh, the 28-year-old was snapped leaving London's Groucho Club. Leaving the Groucho Club? Oh, blimey. What on earth was he doing there? Nasty piece of work. Uh, he stopped briefly for a literary chat with a mystery admirer. Oof, dear. Not there and can't. And the, the looter, do you remember seeing her on the television yesterday? Natasha Reed's moment of stupidity. Apparently it was just, oh, it was all just a bit of a blur. And so she goes into court and they, uh, they actually let her off. She, she handed herself into police. Funny, actually, you think she'd want to be seen on the, uh, the television news. And her mum as well. But uh, they were very keen not to identify themselves. But uh, you could see them quite clearly. So she was given four months jail, suspended for a year. That's OK, isn't it? Four months jail suspended for you. I think, really, I'm, I'm with Enfield Council, who've started prosecuting all the people who use the blue badges illegally. And we got our first convictions the other day, which was absolutely fantastic. I'll, I'll run through them a little bit later on. Uh, some bloke doing tombstoning. This is uh, Bradley Walcott, 20. And uh, a talented young footballer may never play again after breaking his back. Well, he shouldn't have gone tombstone. He's obviously not the most intelligent person, is he? Poor old Bradley. He, uh, he jumped off 30 foot off a cliff on holiday in Cyprus. I mean, you know, you only have to see pictures of people in the paper who've been killed tombstoning to realise he's not the most intelligent person in the world. So he jumps off a 30 foot high rock tombstoning. We've had to pick up the blasted bill. We pick up the bill for this plank. It's re- Somebody said here, um... He, he missed paralysis by a matter of millimetres. I'm sorry, have you... It's like, why don't you just inject yourself with heroin and then go, oh, I can't believe it, I'm a heroin addict. We keep telling people, don't go tombstone. You know what they do? They go out, they have a few drinks, and they jump 30 foot off a cliff into shallow water. And then they wonder why they have to pick up the pieces. God, blimey. Apparently, playing football's always been his dream. What a buffoon. What a buffoon. You can't... You know, you just sometimes look at people. It's like, you know, we've, we've had kids in the papers, haven't we, and parents saying, you know, she was a really good girl, I don't know why she took drugs. Because they're bored. They're bored out of their mind, these people now. Why do people steal things in the middle of the riots? Because they can. And then they think, wait a minute, I might have been caught on CCTV. The moment they think they're going to be caught, oh, my God, you can't, you can't get them down to the police station quick enough going, it was a moment of madness, moment of madness. And the courts go, oh, OK, we let you off. The fact, you know, that the, these people steal things is absolutely unbelievable. I suppose giving it back is uh, is halfway to their uh, their admitting guilt, I suppose. LBC 97.3, early breakfast. Nice to have your company. The time now, 5.30. Apart from the fact that you've got uh, the child star wearing fake boobs at the age of four to look like a Dolly Parton character, you've now got a huge picture in the sun of this... This, I can only describe them as a chavvy family who've got the, who do the spray tan. And the little girl, Tate, age four, says, I love having a spray tan because it makes me look good. I like being same as mummy. 
God, love, you don't want to look like Mummy, let me tell you. I'm looking at a picture of Mummy. And also, strange enough, in this picture, she's a bit pale-looking, so perhaps she hasn't had one for a while. But they've got Chase, which is a boy, C-H-A-Y-S-E, Zach, 14, who's spotty, but don't worry, because he has collagen. And then you've got Mum, Jules, and Hubby, Alex. As I say, if you walked into a beauty salon, you were confronted by Mum and Dad, you'd be walking straight out the blooming door again. So now people have said... You know, you don't want uh, to give kids that. But to be honest with you, it's her salon. I'm, I'm assuming she can do whatever she wants. You know, if you want to take the kids in there and paint the toenails green, you can paint them green because it's your salon. Oh, just before you go, could you pop a bit of hot water in here? Yes, Is it possible? I'll pop a tea bag in and have some milk as well. Oh, how lovely. Well, I've just dropped my tea bag in here now. It's gone all soggy and wet. You're actually going to get me to make you a cup of tea right here, won't you? Well, it's your role as a woman in life. I mean, and uh, and then we get married and then you cook and clean. I don't know what's the matter with you this morning. I don't know where you're getting this, you know, equality thing from. Well, so that means that you go out to work and you just give me all your money. I sh- no, I shall come back and give you an allowance. And then I'll divorce you and take half of everything. Uh, uh, oh, God, earnings, maybe. Don't forget the future oh, earnings. Because oh. you can go right into the future. All right. I'll make me a cup long of a future. Right. <laughs> Jessie Wallace has uh, revealed <clears throat> how she received death threats after jilting her bridegroom on their wedding day. You've obviously got some very stupid people then, Jessie. You've got your home phone number, love. Because, to be honest with you, she's, uh, she's been menaced for ditching a rat. She's told pals she got anonymous phone calls telling her she was an evil bitch who should be killed. Well, you know what you do, and I, I shouldn't have to explain this to you, Jessie, because I'm assuming you're fairly intelligent. You make a note of what time that call came in, and you phone up the post office, the telecom, and they can trace that number immediately, whether it's withheld or anything. You can have that number traced. You can find out where it came from, OK? Simple as that. It's, it's so simple, it's almost embarrassing. You just have to know what time the call came in, and they can trace it back through the exchange. They've got all the, all the equipment at their fingertips, and then you can have a bar put on that number. It's so simple. You can do it all automatically. So you contact BT. Don't tell friends. Tell BT, and you tell the police. You log it. Yeah, because that's do. a crime. <clears throat> the police do it all the time, yeah. don't they? If, you, if they suspect you of a criminal, or they the want to track you down. The news of the world hacked everybody. I mean, it's <laughs> been going on for years. <clears throat> and I'm sure a lot of other people did too. Yeah. A uh, little bit worried about uh, Blackpool, because they've just spent 20 million quid yeah. revamping Blackpool Tower, and they've put an observation platform all the way around, which is glass, in an effort to get people to go to this dump of a seaside resort, <laughs> because it really is. If, if you think the Jeremy Kyle show bad is bad, go to Blackpool, you can see the entire cast up there, just <laughs> on the esplanade at the front. As you can tell, Steve Allen is not part of the Blackpool Tourist Board. Oh. It the- really is the most awful place I'd ever... I'm sure years ago it was lovely. When? Blackpool Tower, beautiful. The ballroom, amazing. The rest of the place, a dump. I mean, I kid you not. I don't know what sort of people... Well, I've got a rough idea what sort of people go there on holiday. Because it just caters for... It's just awful. The thing about it is it's got the most it's, it's fantastic beach you've ever seen. Oh, it's lovely. It's stunning. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It's the people on it. It's a bit taking a bit. The lights go on tonight. Do you know oh, that? They yes. switch the lights on. Now, those lights, um, which well, are... someone had the coffee swapped now. Which, are, which has got the paraquat in it? That's <laughs> what you have to... It's a bit Russian roulette with her coffee. Some mornings you come in here and it's got froth on the top and we don't have a frothy making machine, so I don't know where that comes from. It's a skill. It's a skill. Oh, it's certainly an art. It's certainly an art. <laughs> Actually, that's about one of your better-looking cups yeah, of coffee. Yeah, this is well, lovely. Tea. Good. So... Oh, well, there we go, then. So that's wrong. So <laughs> we're now having a cup of tea. It's not got an identity problem, your tea, has she, it? I thought she was making coffee. Now the she coffee got, got thrown away again. No, again? They 
I'm going to have to invest in. I'm, I might go to the pound shop and buy a pound jar of coffee. Why don't you which go we to proper, buy proper coffee. I'm not wasting money. There's only me and her drinking Kenko it. or something. Yeah, I sh- we used Blue to drink top. Kenko. That's quite. Yeah, but if you leave it here, somebody will take it, won't they? Sorry? Dow Edwards. Oh, she started dictating now. We're not even married and already. <laughs> yeah. uh, just get Dow Edwards. I won't drink anything else. And she's very German this morning. She's very Germanic. <laughs> very Germanic. But back to Blackpool. Yeah. Don't you think that in its heyday it must have been splendid? Yes. The Victorian yes. times. Yes, yes, yes. When I don't have any doubt of that. Up there. You go along the front and the hotels, I mean, they've actually got big signs up because obviously the people who go there can't, can't read very well. Hot and cold running water and TVs in every room, like it's a bit of a novelty. <laughs> plastic flowers in hanging baskets. It, it's, they don't get the weather up there. They have to have plastic it's flowers. So Nothing it, grows. It's just, in, in fact, it's beyond chav. But it must still have a certain amount of popularity for them to spend. No, it hasn't. That's why they've spent pounds. twenty million quid to try yeah. and make it popular Put again. Put a glass floor on that tower because it's a bit like the Eiffel Tower, isn't it? It's a bit like it. Yeah, it's not just, very, but yeah. it is a and little. And the bit Eiffel Tower, like a lot of people talking like this. Oh, they're good French. Oh, oh. Yeah, because they're French. <laughs> Over here, we go what like that. <laughs> well, probably not. They're probably more northern. Do you know, I watched the other Manchester. day. Manchester. I have to mention it because it just—it kind of struck me. And I, I sat there laughing. It was uh, Campo de Gino on the television, on the cookery programme, with, with Melanie... Ooh, that's nice. Sykes, the other side, and Carol Vorderman, wearing a dress that was far too tight for a woman of her age. But anyway, Gino's doing his, his, his Italian accent again. Doing it, isn't it's, it? It's real. But he's lived here since he was a <laughs> child. Why is he speaker like this? You know, Absolutely. And wh- wh- what did they... At one point, he, he looked at Carol Vorderman and he said, wh- what do they call this bit on the fish? Uh, this is bit at the front. They call these... What do they call this? And he's serious. It was like that. And I remember thinking... I think he gets out of here. There is this rumour in the business that he talks like that, you know? All right, he, he, not, he not talk like this all of the time. Because, yeah, he, he does sound like somebody doing an impression <laughs> of an Italian because I can't believe that he talks like this all the time. It's just not, it's just not real. When I, I met him on, in this particular studio, actually, and he comes in like a bowl of pasta about to explode. I mean, he's, he's clearly in love with himself. Very, very, he's a very handsome, good-looking guy. Very good-looking. Yeah. Women right. fawn over him. He yeah. won the jungle, you know. Did he? Yes. Yeah. He came out as the hero. He's, he's like that bloke Richard Keyes used to be on the television. He's got the hairiest arms. You think you'd need to get out a Gillette lady <laughs> shave to shave them before you can go anywhere because he must be dropping hairs in the food all the time. <laughs> he's the missing link, she said. <laughs> I mean, I have to be honest. He, I suppose in, in terms of, of good-looking chefs on the television, he would, I suppose, be there. But the trouble is he's so up himself. That's the annoying thing. Took all his clothes off. Yes, I know he did. Did a naked the, chef. Yeah, I mean, I, I quite like him. I just think he's... he's Terribly, they, they did a thing on his house once. It was very boring. The house, very dull. Was, in the, uh, was it really his house though? Yes, it was. It yeah, was. We, we we sort of met a wife and some children. The wife's lovely. And yes. the boys are very. I remember the scene. They're two boys, aren't they? Uh, I can't remember. They were just children. I don't <laughs> know. They made a noise, and that was that. <laughs> I remember them uh, greeting him as he came out of the jungle. I can't stand the jungle, you know. But he came out, and the boys were there, and they were to see their dad, who'd been in there um, so long. It was very, very lovely. Earning some money. And, uh, which is lovely. Actually, doing what we were saying the other day on the programme about bread not being healthy for you, mm. there's a piece of the paper today It says, a slice of bread from one in four British loaves has at least as much salt as a bag of crisps. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, they, they've actually got the high, the high, the high salt, you'll love this one, Crank's Seeded Farmhouse, 2.3 grams of salt, and that's from a healthy loaf. The other one, Vogel's Original Mixed Grain. Which I've got. 1.38 grams of salt. Grams of salt. Yeah, a lot. The other one, uh, this is um, Asda, chosen by you, Baker's Gold White Farmhouse. 
Morrison's thick sunflower and pumpkin loaf. 1.1 grams of salt. This is like a load. And Marks and Spencer's eat well, multigrain bloomer. 1.15 grams. Yeah, apparently the supermarket uh, breads, which are the most popular because people grab those. Uh, they have the the uh, lowest salt levels. You should really... I mean, I've stopped eating bread now for... This is week three. It's very good. I'm very impressed. Yeah. We d- I, d- I did say we went out for lunch <laughs> on my brother's birthday the other day and there was a woman at the next table and she had a crusty roll with her soup and I sat there looking at it and she didn't even eat it. She didn't... She just sat there and she had the soup and then my brother and his daughter had breadboards each. They do... A breadboard in this yeah. place, which you can have, and, it, and it, that looked at and all. I'm watching them doing is putting thick butter on, thinking, Oh, I wanted some of that. But you're, you're very, you do have a very good willpower. If you say yes, no I more have. bread, yes, or no more cigarettes, or no more bitching, or maybe not that last one, I don't think we're going that <laughs> stupid, are we? On the program? but you do stick to it, yes, you're because I good. discovered later in life, and, it, and it's not always been, and anybody could do it. I think you can do anything if you put your mind to it because it then becomes a challenge. Not, I don't think about it all the time. I don't think, oh, I've gone another day without bread. I've just thought, what shall I have to eat? I'll have something else. I'll have a bit of salad. So I buy Caesar salads. I don't make anything because I can't make anything. I made a so lot of salad So when me and her get night. married, she will be, she'll spend the rest of her life cooking and well, change the kitchen cook. sink. Cook. Cook. She will be cooking, yes. <laughs> cooking in black. She'll be using all my pots and pans. I made a lovely salad last night. In fact, I discussed you it with Helen. made a salad. I made a salad. Oh. Well, I didn't make it or grow the lettuce or anything, but I did See, it all myself with beetroot and cucumber well, from my dad's. Real cucumber that from my dad's allotment, which is lovely. It tastes like cucumber, really should. I did a nice dressing. I put some tuna in there. Oh. And then I did, uh, I steamed some new potatoes God. and allowed them to go cool and then added them to the salad. A dull and meal. It was very, very Tuna salad with beetroot and I steamed some, some potatoes. Yes, it was a br- but God, and of course, and, to her, that sounds like a dream. And I had vegetarian the night before as well. Oh, God, that was dreary. God, what it I did boring, was, I did not, nut roast. No, I didn't take anything <laughs> out, but Amanda will appreciate this. So I went to the fridge and I thought, now I've got things. So I did, you won't like this, Steve. First of all, it contains vegetables. <laughs> no, you I don't. know, I love vegetables. I do, do. I know, this is all vegetables. Oh, well, well, <laughs> nothing else. I did rice. I did a nice bowl of rice. I've had any rice for two weeks, actually. And then I added broccoli, uh, oh, nice. carrots, yeah. green beans. Oh, yeah. All the vegetables were in my fridge. I just steamed the whole oh. lot and put them into the rice. And then I added soya Sorry sauce. Sorry if you're nodding off at home <laughs> after this one. <laughs> or, or feeling hungry. Yes, or there'll be a recipe book in a moment. Or we'll inspired. you you can get hold of the recipe. How to make a salad <laughs> by John Warrington. Well, at least I make a salad. Yeah. I don't just buy one ready-made. Well, That's I, I buy, well, what I do is I tend to buy the Caesar salad, which yeah. gives you all the... And I throw, throw the croutons away. And then I do tend to buy coleslaw... And I tend to buy little tiny tomatoes. I like the little yes. little tomatoes. Yes, little baby I have ones. had big tomatoes before, but I'm not over keen on them. And uh, and some beetroot, and I, I will beetroot. add that, or some sliced cooked chicken. But just check the salt content in that. Oh, the salt content. Oh, the funny thing is, I do have salt at home, but I've never used it. I don't like it either. I keep it for winter, for when it gets icy. Oh, for the car? <laughs> well, not for the car, for outside <laughs> the door. I don't think that's the same kind of salt, Steve. Oh, no. You oh. can't use sea salt on your pavement. I do. I <laughs> happily go out there sprinkling it, make it, trying to make me name. And it doesn't do anything. Doesn't make any difference at all, you're no. right. But th- there is a lot of salt content in those pre-packaged things. But these breads that I've just mentioned, these are healthy breads. <clears throat> that that this is what's lovely. Yes, but this is what, what people would mm. think was really was really good. I mean, it does actually, when it says oh, one i tell you point... the other thing I sent you, I'm sorry, Amanda, the other day. I sent you a thing from Mark Rhodes... From, I don't know why you're not getting these. I keep sending her emails. She's not getting them. Oh, you got that one? Yeah, that was the one about uh, uh, angels and doing the. 
OK, just thought I'd mention it now in case you forget. She's prone <laughs> to forget the things. Was it, whatever you do now, she'll have forgotten the fact she's <laughs> promised to marry, marry him into love and obey. Um, <laughs> one here, this is, can we have a calendar view for next year for our night shift Ford engine assembly line in Dagenham, says Trevor. Didn't think there was an assembly in, uh, in Dagenham anymore. <laughs> Isn't that gone? I thought they did. No, didn't they? They made that film, didn't they, called Dagenham? Made in Dagenham. Made in Dagenham. Yeah. Yeah. It was about the women coming out who were on the, 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 the line, yeah. the working line. Yeah, so did you see the picture things. of the paper the other day? It's a very strange picture of uh, Sonny and Cher's daughter, Chastity, mm. who's had a sex change. Yes. And is now Chaz, as big as a house, and is going on America's Strictly Dancer. Whatever it is, it's that dancing programme. And I couldn't quite work it out because I couldn't quite get my head round it. So she comes out as a lesbian. Yes. Now she's had a sex change. Into a man. And she's a bloke. Who still likes women. Right. So she she has become a heterosexual man from a gay woman. Is that correct? Well, Yes. Well, well, how could you turn a lesbian into a heterosexual man? I mean, physically, I understand how it's done. That's what all they've done, is they've just changed the gender. She's just one of those sort of lesbians who just wants to be a man. preference. Haven't they? Yes, because you do get a lot of... I mean, but you don't find that in... with gay men. You don't, you don't find, find a gay man who wants to have a sex change as a woman. I mean, you do, you do find a few, but not, not that many. Ooh, very worrying. Anyway, I looked at the picture, and it, it just looked like a fat woman with a beard, I'm afraid. <laughs> Quarter to six. These are the headlines. Train services into London's Victoria will be back to normal this morning after thousands of commuters suffered severe delays last night. It's after a man climbed under a train at Thornton Heath, Heath just after 5.40, and refused to move. David Cameron says the NATO operation in Libya will continue for as long as necessary. The Prime Minister's comments come as Colonel Gaddafi last night called for a long battle and vowed his forces would fight on every street. And the Red Arrows are expected to take to the skies again today, giving their first public display since the death of one of their pilots. Flight Lieutenant John Egging died when his aircraft came down near Bournemouth Airport almost two weeks ago. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you. Good morning at lunch. Morning, every 10 to... No, it's not. It's 11 minutes to 6 on Friday morning. So don't forget, this morning, it's your chance to get your hands on my Apple iPad 2. This is a, this is a quickie. It finishes at 7 o'clock. So you've only got an hour and 10 minutes to go. Uh, this is the thinner, lighter design, because it's the second generation. Faster processor and graphics. Improved browsing, gameplay and viewing of HD videos. Got two cameras, so you can talk face-to-face with a friend like Hugh Broom, take photos, record your, your own HD movies, and the person with the lowest unique bid will win, which is the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The hammer's going to come down at 7am this morning. To play this one, you text LBC, then your bid in pence. So, for example, if you want to bid... pound thirty-six, You text LBC136, and then send that to treble eight two one. If you want to bid... 84 pence. You text LBC84, and send it to treble eight. Two, one. OK. Competition finishes at 7am this morning in an hour and ten. Got to be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's got uh, a 10-hour battery life and a 9.7-inch high-resolution LED screen. Hugh, who I mentioned a moment ago, says they still make engines in Dagenham. Yes. I still, I still have to question why they'd want a calendar of me. Perhaps it makes them work faster. Yes, it does. Yeah, if you've gone along that me on the that production line, line, on the production line, I quite like. I mean, I, I think I think things must have improved at Dagenham then, because normally it would be a page three calendar, wouldn't it? Maybe you could just do it like you said earlier. You know, like when you were talking about um, the the iPad two and it having two cameras, and you can do FaceTime on it. Yeah, I had this image of you naked, or almost naked, on your la, red la, velour la, sofa, la. surrounded by gilt mirrors, trying to have a conversation with you. 
Yeah. On his farm. I, I, I have done that before with, with my friend Daryl. I've done it on the phone. I've not done it on the iPad. I've just done it on my phone because we, we, we do FaceTime on this. Mm. Do you? Yeah. Do you, do you use it? Yeah. I've tried once and I was Oh, it's really useful for sort of showing you things. Showing what? Sometimes things you don't want to see. <laughs> well, you know, you're sort of showing him something I bought or something like that. I took a picture of my salad Sounds last night. Sounds a bit night. dodgy now, doesn't it? I wish I'd not started this conversation. Because Helen and I had a long, long conversation about food last night, because yeah. she knows she likes food. Yes, oh, doesn't she? Doesn't she just? And uh, I did send her a photograph of, sh- of my salad, because... <laughs> this is getting incredibly sad, this conversation. <laughs> but, you sent a picture of a salad? I did to, to Helena, because we'd been discussing it. Had you been drinking or something? No, not at that moment she... in time. Well, you, you never know <laughs> on the time of day whether she had or she not. She went to the pictures yesterday and she saw this horror movie. She came out and frightened the life out of her. <laughs> I said, said, what is it about the word horror movie <laughs> that you're not understanding? Perhaps she thought it was going to be a love story. She said, I'm frightened to now go home. She said, shut the door. <laughs> I said, I'm like that all the time anyway. Uh, in the paper today, a troubled footy legend's ex kicks out wayward son. And the wayward son is uh, Mason. This is Paul Gascoigne's stepson. Uh, living with his glamorous, loving mother, Cheryl. And uh, although, to be honest with you, we had issues with sort of Cheryl because he, Paul Gascoigne used to beat her up. Yes. And then she left him and then she went back again. Yes, she And, did. you know, the abuse continued. And so Mason says, I nicked £15,000 from the family and blew it on cocaine and booze. And there's a picture of uh, Mason bearing his tortured soul because obviously he needs some more money for the cocaine and booze, I'm assuming. Mm. And uh, he's a troubled footy legend's ex uh, which is Cheryl, who's kicked him out now. Because, to be honest with you, he's a bit of a plank, and he should know better. But it's... you can't explain to people, can you? No, but that's sad, you know. Yeah. That he's stealing from his own family. Well, the, yeah, but people who, who take has. drugs and people who do drink... I know will, ...will do that. Look at these... We've got two women in the paper today, and um, they stole... They were carers for elderly people. Mm. They nicked from elderly... Pe- I'd hang them. Yeah, I would it? hang them, I'm sorry. See, they're putting in a position of trust yeah. to look after someone who yes. really needs them, and all they do is take advantage of the situation. Yeah. What will happen to them? What will happen? Nothing. Watch those people, they'll probably just get a suspended sentence. But yeah, they'll get a slap on the wrist. I go actually away. want to go round and spray paint on the outside of the house. Watch this woman, a thief lives here. Yeah, well, you would. Yeah, I, You'd I would. hang everybody, though. I w- I'm sorry, I just don't... And also, I mean, stealing from your own family, I mean, to be honest with you... if, if Stealing from anyone. I don't like theft of any kind of family. It's a, it's dreadful. Imagine taking something from your mum or yeah. your dad or your brother or your sister. But then he you sells the story. Presumably, he got money for it, saying, you know, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic now. He's only young. Yeah, well, he would be. He's about twenty-four. Yeah, his sister's Bianca. Bianca, Bianca yeah. Gascoigne. Luckily, she? she's disappeared off she the. Was, uh, she was in one of those reality programs, oh, wasn't she? Another one of those waste of spaces. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, isn't it? How they just latch onto it and think I can be famous. That's what Hugh Broom's written to me. He said, "Steve, she'd only do FaceTime in a burqa." He's, he's very bitter, you know. <laughs> but not no, in France. Not in France. <laughs> a lot of bitterness this morning and hatred. I've noticed Hugh coming out. <laughs> actually, we were debating actually on the farm. Do you have cows that you milk? I or or do you have Beef cattle. I can't remember. <laughs> and then I was trying to work out what you do at this time of the morning on a farm. Do you go collecting eggs? He's cooking the breakfast. Sausages, bacon, eggs. You think so? Big loaves of I bread. Bet he's not. Gorgeous farmhouse bread, all really? cut up on the side. White bread with lashings of butter. Because they all think that you're milking homemade the cows. Jam. He doesn't do a homemade oh, jam. We sent someone out to milk the cows hours ago. Do you remember that, that woman, when they did um, To the Manor Born, Audrey started doing homemade jam, uh, sorry, homemade honey, mm. and what she did, she went to the supermarket and she bought 
all the honey, and then she steamed the labels off and put her own label on there. <laughs> Sounds like a very Steve Allen type of thing to do. Absolutely. And then bring it in here. Um, another one here. I'm so envious of Amanda on Fridays. There's Erica. Steve on top form, only on Friday. Only on Friday? Only on Friday, yes. Okay. Yes. Steve on top form, good. Yes. And you, and me. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you hit the nail on the head. Making eating healthily a challenge rather than a chore. I lost nearly two stone. Making it a challenge made it fun. Changes your mindset and everything. I mean, it, to be honest with you, somebody said it'll be two months before you notice the difference, really. But, you see, you could have a wheat allergy. And that's why... Oh, I'm sure we've all got... We've uh, all got something. We're that all we allergic don't, we all to eat something, things that we? we don't really like. Yeah. Or shouldn't eat because we're addicted to it. I do find, though, that if I go for a meal, like I, like I explained, you know, the, the vegetarian meal, or a meal without some kind of carbohydrate, I crave something sweet almost instantly. Dale was the same. We'd eat a meal, and then he would have to go out and buy a bar of chocolate. Yeah. It, you desperately need something to counteract the fact that you've just had but vegetables. If, but if, and... if, if you actually don't have it, it, it goes away. I mean, I don't have a craving for anything. In fact, I used to be addicted, as everybody will know, to the fish fingers. Mm. You know, I could eat eight fish fingers, and I might have it three or four times a week. Eight fish fingers was easy peasy. Just put it in the halogen, cook them for, you know, ten minutes. Eight crispy cod fish fingers in chip shop batter. No trouble. Haven't had those for weeks. And, and, and don't want them. Well, it, it's not that I don't want them, but I'm trying to think, have it as a treat. Have it as a treat. Mm. You know, if, if you're diabetic and you're trying to watch everything anyway, and I'm not particularly brilliant at it, but I'm doing very well at the moment, you, 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 it kind of becomes a treat. I wouldn't eat a cake now. No, whereas I... before, I might go to Patisserie Valerie and I might have bought a cake and I might have taken it home, or two cakes, and put them in the fridge and then sort of eat a, you know, a lovely, crispy sort of thing with cream and everything cream else. Slice. Cream slice. Yeah. with strawberries mm. in it, which is lovely. But at the moment, I don't... I'm not craving it. I'm, I'm not craving bread. I like the look of the bread that but they But you're had. not craving anything sweet, no. are you? you no, don't but I, think I don't do things. sweet. No, I, I don't like sweet, but I, I used to buy chocolate, like big bars of Cadbury's dairy milk chocolate. In fact, a long, long time ago, I remember we when we were doing a programme um, years and years ago, and we had someone on talking about chocolate, and I spoke to them before they went on with you, mm. and they said... It's not the chocolate you like, it's the sugar. If you yes. eat real chocolate, it's a different experience altogether. And I have learned that that is the thing. But every now and again, you know, I, I could get a bar of that, say, Cadbury's Dairy Milk or Galaxy. Oh, could you? Oh. And I could eat the whole thing instantly. Oh, right. I can't get it in my mouth quick enough. Yeah. It's like a drug. But if you don't buy it and it's not there, yeah. you, you just go through... See, I never got addicted to chocolate. About it. Never got addicted to chocolate. Oh, I could eat... I love chocolate. No. I could eat chocolate now. Really? Absolutely. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Ice cream? Love ice cream. No, I mean, it's, again, you see, I'll have it occasionally, but I'm not, I'm not that fussed. I have it once a month. I'd like to win the lottery tonight with a hundred million. Oh, I spent that last night in bed. I, I, I was spending it the other day. We were going out saying, because my, my brother was having a chat about it, saying, and his, his girlfriend, Marion, on what would you spend it on? And I said, well, I would, I would give to charity. I would straight away give five million pounds to charity. Out of 86 million? Out of a hundred million tonight. Oh, it's a hundred, is it? It's a hundred million tonight. Nobody won the 86, so it's a hundred. <laughs> so I, I would give a million pounds to Diabetes UK, for example, million pounds to the British Heart foundation hmm. and i would i would select you know other little charities yeah. and split it around then you would give money to people there's no point in waiting till you've passed on because my friend graham said oh you'd never better spend a hundred million i said i've spent it already i thought all right so you don't go berserk and spend everything you buy yourself the nice house you buy family and friends i promised her stupidly on air i don't know why i've done it uh a hundred thousand but now it's gone up to 120 because the lottery's gone up so she said can i have 150 and i said no 
And she said, 120? I said, yeah, I'll give you 120. So I'm praying it doesn't have another rollover. I could be, I could be in debt by the time this thing the finishes. The poor girl couldn't even buy a house for that. No, but she's... She's like no Blackpool. Yes, you should buy Blackpool for 120. <laughs> but, the, but the difficult thing is that thousands and th- millions of people have bought tickets and still nobody's come up with no. the combination. Yeah, but the, the, there's billions of chances, yeah. there, aren't there? I think it's 120 million to one. I think, the odds, million I think it's 120 million to one, but something see, like that. Someone's got to win it, like those two people in well, Scotland won it won up until now, money. have they? But th- they won all that money, didn't they, those two people yeah, in but Scotland? but I, li- I never liked them anyway. I thought they were <laughs> nice people. If they came, offered me a million tomorrow, I'd be very nice to yes, them. Yes, but I, I would, you would definitely have, have to do for, uh, for charity, and you definitely have to do things like that, because that's what, you know, winning the money is. It's, it's only if it's going to go to somebody who's going to go, I want... Uh, and keel over, that it, it kind of ruins it for you. OK, listen, news at six o'clock while we dream, perchance to dream. I love the idea. We'll take more of your texts and emails, the other side of the news. Don't forget my, uh, my special how low today. It's the iPad 2. And uh, as the EU have killed off 60-watt bulbs, a British invention, we go, can you live without a 60-watt light bulb. Personally, I like them, and I have stockpiled a few, but I'm quite happy with the things that last forever and ever. What say you, London and elsewhere? 84850-stevedlbc.co.uk Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Friday morning. It's LBC 97.3. Jedward are still jumping around like idiots in the Big Brother house. How many outfits have they taken in, I ask myself? They seem to have a different outfit for every day. Of course they do. And uh, there's lots of pieces on them, because when they come out, they've got a series on CBBC where Jedward go around the country. That's all I can tell you about <laughs> They'll be it. great on they're CBBC. So, so horrified. Because their the audience thing. has got the same mind level as they have. Yes. Absolutely well, they, They've perfect. got lots of people saying, you know, you know that they have an older brother, don't you, who looks normal? They have a, Do they? A, older brother. He's actually, he's at university, I think. He's, a, he's very intelligent and bright. And uh, you imagine going, that's, that's my, my brother's. Because I think that it was Simon Cowell that called them Jedward. Was it? I think so, yes. They, they, they certainly weren't Jedward before. Hello, I'm John and he's Edward. And I think they then put it together and called them Jedward. So that's only a recent thing. Well, at one point, Edward hardly spoke, did he? Well, John think, did all the talking. Well, I think best. Because, I mean, when, when I've seen them attempting, somebody attempting to interview them, somebody has had to stick, sort of, John does the talking for Edward because he's not all there. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> he's off with the pixies. But they did, he, they did win the shopping task. And I had only two minutes to try and remember Which the I thing. I knew what you were talking about. I have no <laughs> idea. No well, idea. Well, they actually managed to go shopping with a little basket on wheels, did they? They had to go to, to a shop. Oh, actually, they? they took them out of the house mm. and sent them into a proper supermarket. What, what funny little outfit were they wearing I that? haven't seen it, but I, I will look later. They seem to have these pantomime outfits that they live in. It's most peculiar. Identical, though, aren't they? Yes. Matching. They don't right. have any individuality. No. Mind you, I don't know, I've never been a twin, so i quite like to find out. Anyway, 84850 uh, We've got the Apple iPad 2 for you today. You've only got 50 minutes to get your bids in. Bad news as well, especially for... Uh, oops, not the over. Uh, for, uh, for, for poor Bridget. They're closing... Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, early, earlier than they were before. It's closing on New Year's Eve, which Ooh. is a week earlier than uh, Bridget originally thought. She, I've got my tickets for both shows, but it will be the worst New Year's Eve ever. I mean, she loves this show to pieces. It's closing for good, isn't yes. it? Yes. Aren't they? Isn't it because I they're doing refurbishments? Well, he's selling the theatre. In the theatre. Nothing to do with it. I think they've got to do some repairs. Well, then move it to another theatre. Well, absolutely. Because yes, Prime Minister uh, is moving from one theatre here to the theatre next door. 
for the last few weeks of its run. They're moving theatres. And Chicago moved, didn't it? Yes. From the Strand And they moved Les Miserables as well. Yes. I see no reason why they shouldn't move And it. Phantom. Yes, exactly the same. Uh, Noreen says, she went to see Amen Corner last night. They were sensational. Definitely now in my top ten of bands. I had a bit of a bop. Went to the back because I wouldn't want people behind me not to be able to see. And she says, can you wish Marion and Ron a brilliant holiday, please? Steve fans, of course. So, Marion and Ron. Actually, we've got a, we've got a birthday to do today as well. I've, I should have mentioned my birthday earlier on. Steve Norris, incidentally, is doing the papers with Ian Dale this morning, just after the news at seven. So you can uh, catch up. I wonder what he's going to find in the uh, in the papers this morning. Um, and uh, Paul Daniels is adding a touch of festive magic to Santa Claus and the Christmas Adventure, which is at the Ambassadors Theatre here in London. It runs for 40 minutes, no interval. So it's little people, I think. Little people. So that's good. So another Paul Elliott. It's got all sorts of lovely people in it. And uh, Angela and Bob of Pratt's Bottom, who we've mentioned <laughs> loads of times on the <laughs> programme, apparently a very happy retirement to Bob today. Oh, lovely. He's retiring today, which is the 2nd of September. He's much too young, say Rita and Terry, to retire. But I know he wants to spend more time with Angela, so all his friends and colleagues in Dial-A-Ride at Orpington wish him well. I wasn't sure if that was the joke bit or not, Bob. But uh, also thank them for a lovely evening on Saturday last. So, uh, Bob, now... See, I thought he was retired already. I had no idea he was still working. What age should he retire? When you've got 100 million, immediately. <laughs> Im- well, yes, I thought that last night. Yes. I've always said, oh, no, I'll continue going to work, but actually 100 million, I might stay at home for a couple of days. I don't... Well, it, it's too much to comprehend, but I'm sure I could get my head around it. Uh, Jackson Morden says, I think we all spent that 100 million in our dreams last night. I know I did. You see, there you go. We were all doing it because we all like a bit of escapism. Yeah. We like a bit of fantasy of thinking that you might be able to um, actually sort of have some money which will, which will change your life. Actually, most people, according to a recent survey, think that their boss is a nightmare. This is not, not you, Bob, but do have a very happy retirement and, uh, and in, enjoy putting your feet up. Look forward to getting some more pictures and, uh, of snow for you. So most people think their boss is a nightmare. Researchers say one in 25 company high flyers is a psychopath. They disguise it by using their status, charm and manipulation. And it's only positive experiences, such as having a happy childhood, that stop them from turning into potential serial killers. That's scary, isn't it? Well, the ruthless corporate culture helps psychopaths by rewarding callousness and the disregard of people's feelings. What's even worse is that these vicious bosses are rubbish at their jobs. They keep climbing the ladder because they cover up their failings by charming people. The pioneering study was led by a psychologist called Dr Paul Babiak, who said psychopaths really aren't the kind of person you think they are. You could, to be, you could be married to one for 20 years and not know it. His team have studied business chiefs to find out how many psychos work for major companies. He says here, a psychopath can tell what you're thinking, but what they don't do is feel what you feel. They are people without a conscience. Is this, is this making sense to you at home? Is this someone with a hard, a hard shell on the outside? It doesn't matter what they do no, or what sh- they, you, they get back. They c- you can't break them. They are totally immune to anything that you are feeling. Mm. Hurt? F- they, they're not. They, they just switch off from from hurt feelings. It's going to be a, a, a Horizon documentary on Wednesday that says that bosses are four times more likely to be psychopaths than the general population because what they do is they're, they're there to please you know the boss above them. Yeah. I'm assuming, and so they then clamp down on, on the people at the lower level, and that in turn... But because they're charming, people go, oh, no, they're, they're, they're really charming. And other people go, no, they're not. <laughs> they're no, evil. they're not. They're mad. Mad as a brush. So, as I say, you could... Were you married? Have you ever had a, you ever had a psychotic boss? 
Maybe you are a psychotic boss. Do let us know. 84850 LBC 973. You see, maybe you're a psychotic boss, but you don't know that you're a psychotic boss. And you go about your business well, thinking I think it's, you're doing the do best Do you know thing. anything about yourself? You know, I mean, we actually don't know what we look like when we walk. I know it sounds a very strange thing, mm. but that's why when you walk past a shop window, you do look at yourself sideways to see what you look like. What you need is somebody to film you. Sounding a bit stalking, I know, but as you're walking down the street, to see what you walk like, because that's the impression that other people get of you. And that's what would be quite interesting, because you don't know really what you look like. I know what you look like. Mm. You don't, because you've grown up with yourself. And I also, when you see yourself in a it's mirror... It's a reverse. It's a reverse image, You need to it? see. The, the Japanese brought out a mirror that showed you a true image. Mm. It showed you the image in reverse, and apparently most people looking in it change something about themselves. Oh, yes, I, I would. I don't even look at myself... I try not to look at myself in the mirror. I look at myself all the time. <laughs> Which you can obviously all the look, time. At, look at the way I'm dressed today. <laughs> the trouble is you have to because they automatically, in every bathroom, they put a mirror, don't they, above the sink. Yes, well, my bathroom... And so you can't help but look at yourself as you're cleaning your teeth. You know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror going, I don't know, attractive or not? I've, I've, got, a fine, I've got it down to a fine art. You can see yourself shape, but you can't, don't look at yourself in the eyes. Yeah. Therefore, you don't see your reflection. Lovely. LBC 97.3 News Headlines, it's 6.15. Thank you, Steve. A 22-year-old man's been arrested under... C97.3. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. This is LBC's Early Breakfast. It's Steve Allen with you until 7. You've got till 7 to get your hands on my How Low. My How Low prize today is the Apple iPad 2 which is the second-generation iPad, so it's much thinner, noticeably thinner. It's got everything. It really, if, listen, if I can use it, I promise you, you can use it. You can go to YouTube, you can, you've got two cameras on it, it's got fantastic graphics. I mean, it's got everything, really, I promise you, it's lovely. And the person will get it who has the lowest unique bid, which is the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer's going to come down at 7am this morning. You've literally got only 40 minutes, 40 minutes. And to play this one, you send a text... And you send the text, you, you text LBC and then your sum of pence. So, for example, if you wanted to bid... £2.12. and 12 pence. You text LBC 212 for £2.12 and then you send that to 88821, 888821. If you want to bid, for example... 66 pence. You text LBC 66 in a text and send it to 88821. The competition's going to finish at 7 o'clock this morning. It's all automatic. And it will tell you if you've got a unique bid. The computer will send you a text back saying, congratulations, you've got a unique bid. And then you hope nobody goes under it. Because that's what's uh, going to get you the Apple iPad 2. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost £1.50 plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Uh, Avril sent me in a thing reminding me about the grand order of Lady Rattlings. We're mm. having their summer fair this Sunday which is the 4th of September at Rosswyn, 13 Southside, Streatham Common, which is London Southwest 16. It's going to be opened at 12 noon by our very own carry-on star, the lovely Liz Fraser. So she's going to be opening that. And they've got everything. Tombola, home produce, garden, uh, bits and pieces, gifts and bling, theatrical memorabilia, and a special opportunity for a beauty makeover. They've got refreshments, and it's only 50p to get in. 50p to get in. And no doubt lots of the Lady Rattlings will be there. Avril won't, because she's got a daughter getting married. And she didn't know I was going to mention her daughter getting married, but she's been inundated with phone calls and emails from people who didn't realise the wedding was happening. <laughs> she said, I do tend to keep quiet about my family life. Anyway, just so lovely to know so many people care. Yeah, lovely. That's good. I and have a nice wedding. I think caring is a good thing. a beautiful weekend for a wedding. Yes. And then, 
Uh, I got an, an email yesterday. We did a piece in the paper uh, on Enfield Council who are prosecuting people who are using um, disabled badges illegally. Right. So far, they've got, I think, about 247 people who've been prosecuted. Uh, one of them, I can't pronounce his name again, but um, he actually claimed, he's an Enfield man, he claimed to be the president of Cyprus's bodyguard. He's quite clearly mad as a brush. Uh, he was caught using a fake disabled parking badge. He okay. was fined £1,585. Uh, Susan McCormack pleaded to five specimen charges of using her husband's badge mm -hmm. to park. Uh, she'd been seen on over 30 separate occasions. She was fined £2,590 wow. and disqualified for driving for a period of six months. Mumtaz Ahmad uh, was ordered to pay £915. She was using the vehicle badge on 27 separate occasions. It was uh, her husband's. Again, using it totally illegally. And these, this is a tip of the eye, but Mehmet uh, Senegulu uh, was paid six, uh, had to pay £640 using his uh, wife badge that's it. it now if if the wife has the badge it was on benefits incidentally no that it, was hassan it's what if it's but it's the wife's um pass yes that you put in the car so it's for when she goes out and does her shopping yes she's obviously got the disability yes if if you say just just for, just for sake of this if you had a pass mm. and you said to me john i need you to take me to the shops yeah will you drive me mm. I could then use your pass yes. as long as you were with me. Yes, I've and, got to be in the car. And we go to the shop together, yes. and we come out of the shop together. However, if I, I say to you, right, you go to do your shopping, I'll meet you back here at five o'clock tonight. Yeah. Now, that's not right. I can't... No. That's not... That's wrong, isn't it? And what a lot of people do is they just... Their, their disabled <clears throat> mother has a badge, and they will just put it in their car. Yeah. And, of course, the person whose badge it is has got to be there. I think there should be a photograph. I see no reason why there shouldn't be a photograph so you can look at it and go, that's not you, whose car is this? I told you we had this stand-up argument with this woman in Twickenham with a car full of kids, and she was lying through her teeth. She knew she was using them. Well, people know when they're using the badge illegally hmm. because it's not their badge, so they're using it. And they go, oh, no, I didn't know the person had to be in the car. She claimed that her mother was at the doctor's and she'd nip round the corner. She was a liar. She was a liar completely. And I saw her the other day. Again, changed a car now, luckily, but didn't have a disabled sticker well, on I it. I thought, because they can be used in any car, can't they? Because they're for the person and not the vehicle. Yes, yes. So Unlike buying RAC membership or AA membership, that's for the person. Yeah, or the road tax. Yeah. It's for, you know, you can't switch your yeah. road tax to a new car, But can apparently, you? but there's so many of these people out there. So, well, well done. I, I got an email from, uh, from Andrew Keeling uh, to Enfield. He says, heard you mention our success this morning. Oh, it's fantastic, really. Quite They've high now fines. got... 146 successful prosecutions. Mm. 146. And he said, I can guarantee that we in Enfield will continue to crack down on them to ensure genuine disabled drivers and residents take pride of place in Enfield. I mean, it's, it's just brilliant. I think they've got loads more outstanding as well. So if you're using a disabled badge illegally, we're coming to get you. Uh, Darren... Ex of East London, but listens in Boston to this programme. Boston, Massachusetts, or Boston Links? Well, he's, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming he's, he's overseas. Boston, Massachusetts, then. Yes. Malcolm says, I totally agree with you about Blackpool, and I live here. I'm far too old to move now, but it's certainly taken a nosedive in the last 30 <laughs> years. What's this place next door? Lithams and Anne's. See, that Sharples sounds quite nice. There. I've been there. That's not bad. That sounds very... Lithams St Anne's sounds a bit promising. Blackpool. It's got very, very cobbled beach, and it's got those lovely sort of kind of black and grey houses that were built in the Victorian burnt, times. Burnt, unburnt, burnt, unburnt. <laughs> no. Black and grey houses. Fair houses, not crematoriums. No. Read the nutty bosses, Steve. I totally agree, says uh, Cecilia. 
As a leading, uh, sorry, as a learning consultant, I train managers and skills in communication. Over my career, I've been left speechless at some of the behaviour at the top. The manner in which some managers engage and treat staff is shocking. Not to mention the mind games I've seen some engage in. No kindness, no concern or care for the human feelings. The increase in people being signed off with stress is mainly down to how they're, <coughs> excuse me, managed. <coughs> people are choking as well. I'm really intrigued by this study. Could you remind me who carried it out? Uh, it was carried out by a New York psychologist called Dr Paul Babiak. And you can probably find it on the internet. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating study, and it's it the kind is. of thing that people never think about, do they? And I actually know somebody who shall remain nameless, who worked for an American company, mm. who were based in New York and in London. Oh, right. And they worked unbelievable hours, mm. and their bosses were very, very, very demanding and quite cruel, you know, to a point where you know, that they would make them do things that they, they really wasn't way beyond their job description mm. and would sort of pile on the pressure mm. because they were getting pressure from somebody yes, else. Yes. And it's very difficult if your boss is in another country yeah. and they're doing it to you. Uh, Paul says, just heard your story about the woman in Rill. That's sadly the second story I've heard about the place in two days. This is the woman who can't work because she's allergic to dust. Yes, I heard that. How she manages to get around the house, <laughs> we haven't quite worked out. As a dust. child, we spent all our holidays there. And uh, then he said, you mentioned that this woman allergic to dust. He got my doubts on that one, but it did make me wonder what happened to the pop singer who ended up being allergic to just about everything, the lead singer of a UK group, and for the life of me, cannot remember what she was called. No doubt somebody will tell us about that one. Not just salt. A lot of bread has added sugar, says Maggie. Uh, I baked my own wholemeal soda bread for years. Quick, easy and delicious. Yes, I couldn't actually do that at all, but I shall have a go. Uh, uh, Ray and Balham... He says, I'm fascinated by John's recipes. He said, is there any chance you can post some knitting patterns on the LBC <laughs> website as well? There you go. There's always the sting in the tail. There's always the sting in the tail, which we like. And uh, poor old Steve in Bridlington is now tucking into toasted crumpets with oh. melted cheese and anchor butter. Oh, oh dear me. Lovely. I don't think we need that kind of talk at this time of the morning. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, Mike... Chris Tadulu, five-week low-carb tomorrow. He says, so I'm having a carb day tomorrow. Cash's birthday, so cake from Patisserie Valerie. Home, Chinese, then ice cream. Oh, Sounds quite nice. I'm not mad on Chinese. I'll see you though. later, Mike. Are you in today? You're working today? It's Friday? Can't remember. Or is, is Marius back? I do need a haircut, actually. Uh, Steve, now that 60-watt bulbs are not available in the UK, will there be a surge in bulb smugglers? <laughs> I do hope so. I can't bear those bulbs, what? the other ones. Oh, don't you like the long life? No. We'll just have them all put in a home. It takes about seven minutes for one to come on. Well, that's well, so. What are you doing for seven minutes? Well, it's dark by the time it comes on. It's a bit on when the, when the sun's just setting. Yeah. Why don't fluorescent bulbs, says Mark, work with dimmer switches? Because it's a gas... And, mm. in fact, somebody, if a, a fluorescent tube doesn't come... We don't have them in here now. We've got low-level halogen. You used to be able to run your finger along a fluorescent tube and you could watch it light up. Yes, but you said those little starter motors, didn't it? Yeah. Tink, 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 yes. tink, 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 It's a gas. It's igniting. Yes, I mean, fluorescent was proven These that, are the uh, only ones. I, I've got these everywhere. Yeah. And I buy those small bulbs now, which you can get 40-watt, that just kind of screw in. They're like mm. little... Little balloons. We'll put that on the website as well for you, between the knitting patterns and the recipes, ladies Shall and gentlemen. Shall I give you my recipe? <laughs> <laughs> uh, morning, Stephen. John says Angela. This is Angela and Bob from Pratt's Bottom. She'd, he's just getting up from under the duvet to get ready for his last day at work. Oh. So we, we, have, we have already mentioned uh, good luck to him for that one. So a bit uh, sad, actually. Really? Yeah. I bet he's looking forward to yes, it. Yes, I'm sure you're looking forward to it, but there's always that thing that on a Friday, it's your last day at work and you finish, and then on Monday you wake up and you go, oh... I'm not going to work today. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, no, they've, they've got loads to do. Loads to do, I promise you. Very easy. OK, right, so, 
Uh, moving on very quickly, let me just tell you that you've only got now 30 minutes for the How Low. 30 minutes. Ian Dale in for Nick Ferrari this morning. Uh, Steve Norris, former Conservative MP for Epping Forest. Twice Tory mayoral candidate. He ran for London mayor as the Tory candidate in the 2000 and 2004 elections. He's in looking at the papers for today. And they're going to be talking about a ban on marches and, uh, and uh, the riot fund receiving a big new donor. All of that and more with Ian Dale and the team from 7 this morning on LBC 97.3, where the time for the news is 6.30. Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. Have you ever had a psychotic boss? Maybe you yourself are a bit of a tyrant. Your underlings, not to confess all this morning, 84850, or tweet me on LBC973. It was Rita and Terry who wished uh, Bob a very happy retirement. Mm. And uh, some more of your uh, texts and emails flooding in this morning. Uh, Dan's just saying, just being cheery this morning, saying good morning. Which is very nice indeed. So, good morning to you as well. And uh, Ingrid says, from what I've read, psychopaths are fundamentally, fundamentally different from the rest of the population. A psychopath with ambition would find it painless and natural to sabotage, backstab and betray colleagues in the competition for promotion. Cheating and using deceit causes not a qualm of true discomfort and the charm they possess is another boosting power. To me, the news that 25% of corporate executives are psychopaths also explains the inhuman behaviour of so many corporate bodies, both overseas and domestically. Mm, It's interesting, isn't it? it? I'm sure it's changed over the years. I'm quite sure it has changed. I think people are more driven now, aren't they? And they also have to hold on to what they've got, and they don't want to lose it. So so that they become sort of like completely territorial about their job, and they just reach and want to go up and climb and climb and climb. I want to be that. It must drive you mad. Oh, God. It must drive you mad. There's a a guy who's just taken over a a company which has got some phone things, and the first thing he did was get rid of six top executives, people who turned the company round Mm. and made it profitable, and six went out the door straight away. So there's obviously a higher echelon, isn't there, of people out there. I think there are agencies for executive. In fact, there was a very famous television series called Executive Stress. Yes, there was, indeed. But don't you remember the man from the Royal Bank of Scotland who's no longer with them? Fred. And he, he wouldn't have wafer biscuits. No, he went the hysterical tray. and sent memos because yeah. the wrong kind of biscuits were placed in the in yeah. the boardroom. This is all coming from a book that someone's written. I mean, yeah. we don't know this for sure, but he was an absolute. But parent. I loved wafer biscuits. <laughs> we were very happy but with wafer biscuits. He didn't no. And he yeah, spent but then loads the, of everybody's money. got little foibles, haven't they? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know. People people react differently. No no two people are the same, unless it's Jedward. Gary the Trolley Dolly says, my nan has a blue badge for the car, and they've got a photo on. Oh, right. Well, that's interesting, because I think they should display it. Depends what council you're in, though, that would be, wouldn't it? Right. Different councils would have to think. I thought they used to have a little clock as well. You yes, you're time. supposed to put so, so long on it. Yeah. Yeah, time. and John says disabled badges have photos on. Well, I don't see them. But who actually has the authority to challenge somebody? It, would, would it be a traffic warden yes. going... Sorry, can I see your... Well, who, who is this person here? The traffic... Well, if you're parked on a bay, yeah. you know, and you've not... You've got a, one of those disabled things in your car, and you haven't paid the fine, yeah. the traffic warden can come up to you and say, but that's not you in that car, or, or you know, can you tell me what, who, who this is... Who, who is this person? Yeah. Can you prove that you are not John Warrington, but you are Steve Allen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it must have a name on it, mustn't it? Yes, I would think, yes. And perhaps, perhaps your age... Or something like that. Lytham St Anne is wonderful, only a short walk from Blackpool Prom, however, says Bob. And uh, and we've all been reading stories in the papers recently about squatting. There have been groups who go round and you go away on holiday, they move in, trash your property, steal things, and there appears to be 
very little you can do about it. As far as I'm concerned, it's criminal activity. You have to prove that they got into the property because you left a window open or the door unlocked or something like that. How you prove it, I've got no idea. But strangely enough, there is now a group called Squash, which Mm. is trying to stop squatters being criminalised. What? Yeah. They say that squatting can be a crucial safety net for the most vulnerable members of society. I couldn't believe it either, but to understand what life is like for squatters, Declan Harvey's been spending time with some people who've made their homes in abandoned buildings here in London. The government estimates 20,000 people are squatting in the UK at any one time. In the main, they don't like media attention because they say they're all too often misrepresented as freeloaders and vandals. In this special report, one of them, Phoenix, who's been squatting on and off for 20 years, has agreed to introduce LBC to his friends and explain who they are, what they're doing and why their future hangs in the balance. Uh, so we're on a little magical mystery tour of underground London. Uh, we're coming to Hackney to visit uh, Well Furnished on Terrace Road. It's kind of a old furniture shop. Since, what, 2007, it's just been empty, nobody using it. George showed me round the 15 rooms they've been using to host community events. Into another room, so this is where we have our pole fitness classes uh, every Wednesday. So there's 15 to 18 people who come every Wednesday and do pole fitness. They don't pay anything, they're happy for them to use the space. We've also had several photography exhibitions. Local photographers who can't afford to hire a gallery space. To stay within the law, the group have registered with the electricity provider. Whatever our status here they're just interested in receiving payment for their service we got and kitchen. here we have the kitchen we have a slight fruit fly issue so as you can see this probably feeds a dozen people who are here permanently today we had a 70 year old granny come in and do reflexology so we're not a hangout joint for people who squat all we're trying to do is make an empty space open for the public Catherine gave me a tour of the seven basic bedrooms upstairs all these properties are owned by st john of hackney trust and the idea is that they're supposed to be rented out for the benefit of the poor of the community and it's been lying empty for this long whenever people in this area are desperate for housing. 16 hours after I left Well Furnished, bailiffs moved in to evict the squat. The St John of Hackney Estate Trust say architects are looking at the site ahead of redevelopment. There's a, a church's community centre that's been empty for years. It's now being run by a collective of people. That's in Greenwich. We're going there next. Phoenix, as you walk around London, are you always keeping one eye out for potential locations? Always, yeah. I've got a squatter's radar. I can't walk past anything that's boarded up without noticing it out of the corner of my eye. On the door here, we've got a sign-up with posters saying, Today, Games 1-4, to four, Bike Workshop, Drum Club, Juggling Club. Hi, hi, Phoenix. St Joseph's Church Hall was full of unwanted bric-a-brac and rubbish. Sharon and her friends say they've cleaned it up, emptied the two large function rooms and replaced toilets and sinks. You, you take on a place and it might be filthy and you work to keep it clean like you would any other house. So this skylight was broken so every time it rained the water was just gushing through like a river. We've gone up, we've put perspex where the window should be. See there's mushrooms growing through there. We're waiting for this to dry out and then we're 
we're going to renew all the plasterboard and give it a lick of paint and that'll be lovely. We're appealing to the people in the area to come and get reunited. So we're going to have a day, a fun day for the kids. Um, Bouncy Castle, the fire engine's going to come, let all the kids jump all over the fire engine, face painting, do some balloon modelling. The government are considering plans to tighten up the law on squatting, most significantly to include commercial properties, giving landlords the right to violently remove squatters, hand more powers to police and even criminalise squatting completely. And these squatters say laws exist already to protect residential homes. Despite what newspapers may claim, they say people can't take over your home whilst you're on holiday. And also they want the rules tightened up to force commercial landlords to do more with their properties, control rents and keep high streets busy. And apart from all that, they defend squatting as an age-old means for the most vulnerable in society to get shelter. Crisis's estimate of homelessness in England in 2010. It's half a million people. £38,000 cost per year of housing a prisoner. So they're talking about possibly, uh, you know, imprisoning squatters next year if they get the worst options through. So, in fact, squatters are actually reducing the housing list by housing themselves and saving loads and loads of money. Give us some empty buildings to get on with it. The Archdiocese of Southwark have been refused planning permission twice to redevelop St Joseph's Hall, but confirm they are taking legal action to get Sharon and her friends out. Bishop Patrick Lynch told me any new building would involve some form of community space and private apartments. The Archdiocese refused to elaborate on why they wanted the squatters out, saying the reason was, quote, pretty obvious. It says on the front, a community centre for the community, one would assume, but it's been lying empty for eight years. There you go, Declan Harvey with that report. I don't have any problem with somebody going to... If it's been empty for years and years and years, that's fine. But you go into somebody else's house when they live there and they've just gone down the road to do some shopping or something like that, I think you should take them out and hang them. Absolutely. Imagine if you go... And it can happen to any of you. And that you can't defend yourself either, can you? You can't go in there and say, Oi, you, out. No, you have to... But in fact, this poor woman goes back after... I think she'd been away for two days. And these Romanian squatters were jeering at her from the window of her own house. And when she got inside, they trashed it completely. You can understand somebody going in, you know, and but not trashing somebody's house and then laughing at somebody. I mean, you would feel like causing physical damage to them. And then and what's the point of doing that? So what's the point of going in there? Surely, mm. if, if they're going to go in there, they want it to be nice. And they go, oh, we're going to live here now. Yeah. You can but go. Such an abuse, I'm afraid. As, as we've seen in the papers today, the man who was the hero of the Notting Hill Carnival, he's pictured in all the papers trying to trip over the knife man who was running towards the man who was had the camera, who had, the knife man had just knifed somebody, and this man goes to trip him up, he sticks his foot out, mm. and he looks a bit fit, and he didn't want uh, any publicity at the time. Now we know why. He's on disability benefit. Oh, dear. He's funding an entire family over here. He goes back to Russia for his holidays. Doesn't work. And so somebody pointed out in the papers, but if he's on disability benefit, how did he manage to sort of trip this man up and try and trip and all the rest of it? He said, ah, that, that was with his, his good leg. Oh, yeah. Lovely. And you think to yourself... Do you know, it must be that easy to get disability benefit because he's having a whale of a time at the moment. Whale of a time. You've only got, talking of a whale of a time, 17 minutes to 7 uh, to get your hands on my Apple iPad 2. Uh, Boston, Massachusetts, says Darren. Thank you, that's where he is. Yeah, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. There is a photo on the back of the blue badge, but you have to display it the other side up. Well, I think the photo should be, you know, what's the matter with that? They need to be redesigned, yeah. don't they? We think the allergic singer, says Stephen Croydon, was the singer for Pickety Witch. Oh, right. Might have been. I don't know. Um, I never knew 60 watt bulbs were being phased out. Feel like I've been kept in the dark. Thank you. Well, you can always go for 40 watt. Yeah. Steve, our manager is a control freak, but you're so true when you say they want to please the, the boss by bullying those below him to prove himself. His grammar is very poor, which is about right for a bully. Uh, 
He writes the word no in a sentence instead of no. N-O is supposed to K-N-O-W. You can only imagine, says Richard, just how bad things are. The blue badge states to place badge photo side down. And you have a cardboard clock to place alongside. So what's the point of having the photo badge down? What's the point of that? Yeah, it's it's, it's pointless, dark, doesn't it? It's it? like having your road tax, but not being able to see the date. Yeah. I got a ticket from a traffic warden, says Yvonne, because I'd not displayed my mother's blue badge properly. He could not see the expiry date. Yes, well, that's a, you, you have to show it. Yeah. If it's better, better to see the photo, wouldn't it? And if it? you're in a, you know, if you go to a pound display and you mm. don't, you know, I've had a got parking ticket once because yeah. the thing fell off, you yeah. know, the little stuck it on the window. The, the only argument I've ever had with, with the blue badge is, I don't, I don't quite, un- I understand the blue badge being able to park in a car park and all the rest of it, but why does it stop people paying for a ticket to park in the car park? What's the, what's the problem with that? Do, do people who've got a blue badge not have any money or something? Because they're driving some pretty flash <laughs> cars around my way. They don't, ha- they don't have to pay. Yeah, but why? I don't think so, anyway. No, they don't. That's why you've got it's the blue badge. But why? Why is it free? Because you're disabled and you, you need the car to, do with it? to get around, so therefore you shouldn't have to pay. It's, it's a necessity. Not like you, who doesn't need a car. You're perfectly capable of getting on the <laughs> bus or a train. Really but you still talk. park your Heresy. fabulous car. And so therefore, if you want to use your car... But why does it stop somebody it, paying? Why should they don't, because they have to use it. It's like someone having a wheelchair. Well, you they know. don't have to. I could, I could drive somebody out. I could do that. Well, you can maybe do that from, from now on. I mean, yeah. let's face it, you're done by seven. You've got the rest of the day. I could see that. you this doing... fighting talk here, I'm afraid. Steve Allen. Fighting talk. <laughs> Fourteen minutes to seven. <laughs> here are the news headlines with Sam Pittis. Police have arrested a 22-year-old man under the Mental Health Act after a man climbed under a train at Thornton Heath last night, causing delays for thousands of commuters. At a conference in Paris, world leaders have agreed the United Nations should lead a drive to rebuild Libya. And new plans from the Centre for Policy Studies think tank suggest children who misbehave in school should face military punishment. The FTSE will open after closing up 24 points at 54.18. And like- this morning from seven. Tomorrow they're doing a bed push around uh, Kingston and uh, they're raising money for a very good charity. Uh, the Mayor of Kingston is going to start this bed push at one o'clock on Saturday and uh, at apparently uh, Barclays Bank uh, are arranging a cake stall on Friday and Saturday in support of the trust and uh, and this is the because they're, they're actually this is the um they're, they're trying to get some money for two portable ecg machines for the cardiac unit at kingston hospital mm-hmm. so they can do this this bed push and, uh, and then they've got the cake stall as well and barclays have said they'll double the profit they make on the stall from their charity account that's kind so if you go and buy cakes whatever you buy they'll, they'll double it which is good news Excellent. what's a bed push that's where people are on a bed and you push it. Well, you push it, it along the street? Yeah, yes. Goodness me, I can hardly move mine to hoover under it. If I'm pushing it with people <laughs> on it, not there's any chance <laughs> of people being in my bed. To be honest with you, to find a bed with bed. wheels in this day and age <laughs> yeah. is a bit exciting, I isn't took it? my casters off yes. years ago. So there you go. So good luck to everybody taking part in that around Kingston. About one o'clock tomorrow. I might go and watch, actually. Keith says, I'm running a mini-campaign in Bromley to challenge drivers who wrongly take up disabled parking bays. You're right, it's widespread. The last man I challenged said, if ever I ask him again, I'll be under 20 tonnes of concrete. He said, so if I am under 20 tonnes of concrete next week, let me say now I love your show. <laughs> <laughs> How appalling. It is dreadful. Oh, I tell someone. you, they're, they're so awful, these people who abuse the badges. They're really, really awful. Uh, don't forget, you've now got eight minutes. Eight minutes left. Have a go for the How Low, for the iPad 2. Get your, get your bids in quick. Two cameras. Don't need to tell you about this one. It's so good. I mean, you, re- you want it, OK? You really want it. First some of the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Hammer's coming down in eight minutes' time. To play this one, you text LBC and then your bid in pence. So, for example, if you want to bid... 27 pence. You text LBC 
27, and then send that to treble 821. If you want to bid... One pound and two pence. You text LBC 102 in a text and send it to treble 821. Competition finishes at 7am this morning. You must be over 16. Entries are limited and cost one pound 50, plus your standard network rate. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Ten-hour battery life on this one and a 9.7-inch screen. So, really, really nice. Um, the so-called energy-saving bulbs are a con, says Mark. They gradually dim over time. See, I've got one that's been on for five years. Yeah, but you don't switch it's, it on. Oh, exactly, yes, <laughs> I think they there. last quite a long time, actually. <laughs> you have to take it out of his box, Steve, and put it into a light. Yeah, he's, he work. has discovered a local shop where I can procure the traditional bulbs. Oh, we like those. There's nothing worse than you buy a box of those, you just buy them in fours, you, you plug one in and it's broken. How do you then prove you go back to the shop and go, this one didn't work? That's because they were in a cardboard box, which is a very thin thing between the two. Yeah. And they get knocked, don't they? Yes. I used to buy the bulbs. It was hint of pink or hint of yellow or to, to match in with your, with your decor. Yes. Hint, hint, of, hint of Jewish regency <laughs> didn't occur, I'm afraid. Uh, squatters are nothing, Steve, but lawless people willing to get things without working for them. There's no romantic background or rights. And, uh, and Dee says, I blame you for the big fat cookie I'm about to eat. I only bought them because of a rude assistant in a shop. It's not my fault. <laughs> excuses, well, I do excuses. like a big fat cookie. I've found these ones, uh, they're quadruple chocolate chip cookies. Oh, for goodness Tesco's sake, finest. don't tell people about that Tesco's at this time of the finest. morning. They are, that's really? my recommendation of the week. Oh. Them and a nice cup of strong tea. Oh, and you, you only want one of them because they're quite rich. Mm. And they're coated in chocolate on the bottom. And then the cookie's on the top. And it's deep, deep chocolate brown oh. with chocolate double, quadruple chocolate See, chips. because you like chocolate, there'll be other people listening going, that sounds very exciting. Not me, I'm afraid. Not you. No. Not me. Steve, I've just read, says Sarah, the most amazing book, Gypsy Boy by Mikey Walsh. True story about a gay boy made to bear knuckle fight. Yes, it's about him. He's, he's gay. And, yeah. of course, the one thing they don't have in gypsy camps are gay people. Apparently, there are, but nobody but, talks about it. He, he was kicked out by his father years ago. He's written a follow-up. Yes, there's two books. He's written two, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, there's, there's two books about it. And he talks about the bare knuckle fights. He talks about, you know, how they would be taken out by one of his aunts for the, for the regular mm. thieving and everything. And he, he goes around doing talks about it now. But he, he was a gay... He is a gay gypsy. But he said they don't exist. No. For He's some strange reason. 36, isn't he now? He's a bit older now. A bit older, yes. Yeah. A bit older. But, 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 and in fact, when he disappeared off with his boyfriend, apparently all the people came out from the encampment to try and find him and, uh, and kill the boyfriend. Well, that's awful, isn't it? It was really dreadful. Uh, Steve, I can't park at my local gym because all the space is taken up by blue badge holders. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, Steve, you have a right to privacy. The same way your medical history is private, we still do not need to carry ID in England. I think on the, on the blue badge, I think sh- people should better see it. So if there's a traffic warden there, they just have a cursory glance. I'm sick to death of this mamby-pambying that we, we do. But we do carry our driving licence. We've got our photographs on them. Our passports. Got yeah, but you don't photos. have it displayed in the window of your car. But if you've got a disabled no. badge, because there's so much abuse of the system, and there really is, I mean, it's widespread. If Enfield have got over 200 convictions so far, you could come round our way in Kingston. You could have a field day. If somebody was standing there checking everybody's badge, I mean, it'd be interesting. I went out with the Mayor, Ken Livingston, former mayor, years ago, to check on the illegal minicabs, mm, of I which remember. there are thousands in London. Thousands. And the police don't do anything about it because it gets people off the streets. Well, on Watchdog last night, they had this uh, this man uh, who was running one of those car companies who we love and recommend, you know, the ones that you pull up at the airport and they take your car away. And this was one at Heathrow. And uh, this man, well, they put 
they put they put plants of cars with um, CCTV in them, mm. filming these guys taking the cars from the passengers as they were going into the airport, driving them off. Yes. The passengers were coming back with parking tickets. Yeah. L- hundreds of them parked on the side. Oh, we'll take the BMW this weekend. You leave that Porsche on your drive. Yes. We'll do this. We'll do that. Anyway, they got them, and they are under investigation. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. That is the danger when when you do that, and that I've, I've seen that before, actually. And it's appalling because that one company who's taking, you know, people's yes. cars destroys it for other people who have yes. a genuine business. Because you trust people. Of course you do. Yes. And you think they're going to a place and they're going to look after your vehicle. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't. not everybody is, is like that, and so you should just make sure you use a good company. Yeah. Not that one that was on Watchdog last night. Yes. Just check their website, it'll tell you. Parking, diabetic hypo, and the traffic warden threatening me with a parking ticket whilst eating on a yellow line. Yes, I mean, I've heard that one before, actually, Jason. That's, that's not, not the easiest thing, is it, at all, I'm afraid. Uh, when, when challenged, these ignorant non-badge holders show no shame and always have some sad excuse, such as, I was dropping my daughter off or I've got a baby. Well, if you'd seen this woman in Twickenham, she was arguing with a policeman. He's saying, you know, you're not allowed to use this badge. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I know. She did know, of course. Well, she did know. Sadly, no more time. You've literally got three minutes, three minutes to get your bids in for the Howlow for the iPad 2 for today. Uh, no doubt later on people will be talking about whether or not you, it is right to spray tan a four-year-old. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Well, the trouble is, uh, her mum owns the salon. I'm assuming you can do I mean, I don't think it's right, but then it's not up to me to challenge no. somebody of what they're doing with their daughter. She think- said it makes her more confident. And well, I mean, the thing is, they're just starting the ball rolling for things later. But at least the, the mother is sensible enough to give her a spray tan and not put her under a sunbed, which yes. would be a million times worse. Oh, it's illegal as well. Yeah. I think she would be prosecuted for, uh, for that one. And on the front of the uh, mirror this morning, David Cameron praising the British war heroes, the boys who go out to fight, and then promptly axing nearly 2,000 of them. Yes. And the, uh, the headline on the mirror today is, Thank you so much, you're fired. Thank you, John, very much. Pleasure. I'm back on Sunday with uh, In Conversations repeat between 6 and 7. New In Conversation from 9 o'clock, just after Simon Calder's travel programme, and it's Rick Stein and Ulrika Johnson this week. Rick Stein and Ulrika Johnson. <laughs> You'll be looking forward to that one, I can tell you. And I'm here for Sunday breakfast as well from, uh, from 7 o'clock. Wish you a pleasant weekend. I think we're gonna, it's going to be quite nice today. A bit of rain later on tomorrow, but nothing too much to worry about. Uh, Ian Dale is with you after the news at 7, sitting in for Nick Ferrari, so you can keep him company on 97.3. First of all, the business update with Sam Pertus. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up 20-